speaking of which, what are, let's let's talk about the fans. And what? I'm sorry. Do you want to go? No, no, no. Go ahead. We've talked about the fans, but go on. Well, that when Quintana won, that it showed that uh, Thomas is coming over the, you know, up in the, and he's breaking away a little bit, and he's kind of on the barriers. Some AG2R fan in a jersey, I'm assuming it's reaches <laughs> over. It and it's more than a, hey, I'm just patting this guy. It's like he's trying to grab him. If you see the actual video or photo sequence of it, I mean, it jerks Thomas's arm a little bit. That's one guy. But can't you infer that the whole country of France <laughs> on one on the actions of one person? Isn't that what we do here in the States? I can't. But that was that was a good good way to take the attention off of uh, Moscon punching the guy the day before, right, I believe. Right. So. Moscon, yeah. Well, welcome back to Between Two Wheels Podcast. This is episode 83. Tyler Yonke coming to you with Chris Flower, Kurt Mills, and just our wit. How are you doing, uh, Chris? Uh, good. How are you? I'm, I'm doing just fine. It's been a while. It has, yeah. Thanks for joining. Happy to do it. Uh, any bike-related activities you've been doing lately? Riding my bike. Uh, how about that? Uh, so we have some... And Kurt, how are you doing? Let's, I'm doing great. Let's join you all in and then let's Thanks. talk a little bit. So we have some fires around here in Northern California and the air quality is like 1990s LA. It's pretty bad. You about died on Sunday from that. Uh, you doing okay? Emphysema? Anything setting in? That was pretty bad. That was the first time I've ever felt really sick from air quality and it it, it hit pretty hard. So uh, yeah, no, I feel better now. I had to take a nap for like two hours and then... Taking a nap. Yeah. <laughs> Then I woke up and I felt a lot better, but yeah, that was, that was rough. Yeah, it was rough. We did a big ride out by your place, which is in Nevada city area. And the, the fires are out there in Redding and uh, the whole Northern California. So it's pretty nasty. Do you think, you know, it was a little, um, not as hot, but it was really, it was still plenty warm. It was warm, but it was really muggy. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely. Mean, do you think that was a uh, fire retardant related? I don't know. Like no clouds, just fire in the skies or cloud, uh, smoke. I'm not sure what the atmospheric conditions that really related to it, but it definitely felt, it felt muggier than usual. Yeah. It really did. Yeah, for sure. Maybe it was all that pot growing up there. (laughs) (laughs) What what happens is, uh, um, do you ever see History of the World part one or two? Uh, Okay. So there's a, there's a scene in there where they're following Gregory Hines and he sees, uh, he's being chased by the Greeks or something like this. So he pulls over his chair, he sees some weed. So he lights this big blunt. And starts. Uh, you think that would happen up there in Nevada City if there was a wildfire that everyone would just be like uh, contact high? <laughs> yes, without a doubt. <laughs> All right. Uh, should we get to it? This is the, the sure. Tour de France just ended. We are going to recap the Tour de France. We're going to do a little bit about the uh, U.S. Crit Series that just happened. Maybe talk about some things coming up. So, what do you think about the tour in general? And kind of what, what were your highlight stages? We'll start with you, Chris. Um, I actually, I enjoyed it. I think when we last talked, I said I was going to boycott it for a variety of reasons, but I ended up tuning in and watching it. I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. I think the the more entertaining stages were a couple of the later uh, mountain stages, just because there was, you know, the race was coming to an end. Some guys were still kind of in contention and had an opportunity to really kind of make their, their last move to either take over Thomas's yellow jersey or kind of ensure their spot on on the podium so it was it was cool to see Roglic in at stage 19 make his big effort and then even the time trial was kind of um exciting because Dumoulin had an opportunity to do what he does best and and kind of take the win there 
Yeah, there was, it was still holding out hope. I mean, that was kind yeah. of the deal. You know, we've kind of talked about, I've been watching, because I'm kind of tour lax here, or in the miss of missing them. I've been watching some of the old tours where these guys are pulling out minutes, you know, uh, Indrain goes in. Well, plus they had, they were doing like 60K time trials, multiple of those. So, you know, he blows everyone out by two, three minutes. You know, the suspense is gone. Yeah, yeah. I actually, I've been, we've both been watching right. old tours. I don't know why. Um I was thinking about that a little bit, like how it'd be interesting to do long, like a couple of long time trials in the first week to force the climbers to sort of chase uh, later on in the tour. Um, it seems like that's a way, maybe that wasn't completely the setup in some of the tours we watched, but there were bigger gaps and the climbers were having to close those down later. Um, when you do those time trials in the last week, like everybody's already out of it and it's yeah. just the climbers that are kind of, or the GC contenders that are really riding hard anyways. Um, so yeah, uh, I don't know. It'd be interesting to kind of go back and, and set those, uh, the series of stages up maybe a little bit differently. And what do you think of the tour? Did you enjoy it as well? I mean, I know we talked I, a lot about it. Yeah, my, I think my favorite stage was Alpe d'Huez. So um, I, I thought that was... Because you're a big Thomas. You liked the back-to-back win. <laughs> the big sprint, powerful I wasn't finish. a big fan of that, but there were other highlights on that stage that I thought were great. Um, I He's was not a Nibali fan. I was disappointed about Nibali, but he only lost 13 seconds on that stage with a broken vertebrae. Yeah. Is that right? So that's um, that's still impressive. Uh, Very. Yeah, it was a good tour. Mm, not bad. Let, let, why don't we go back and just talk a few things about the first week, middle week, and, and last. So we could, there's some easy things to, to hit. First of all, uh, going in the, the, the team time trial, um, you didn't see big groups uh you know time gaps necessarily to the winners what did you watch the the team time trial and what did you think of um the battle there for the win with the bmc and not giving tj the the overall i'll have to pass that to chris because the first week i was kind of boycotting similar oh, okay. yeah <laughs> i didn't tune in until things got interesting okay so what about what, when did you watch stage nine with the we'll just cut this out did you watch <laughs> <laughs> tour de, by the way the tour de france is three weeks it's not just two it, it may seem a little you know week like but um, i know i was trying to stay away from it though because i was disappointed with tell me why you're disappointed i think that's that's part of the story because you obviously knew something I mean, we just disappointed in hey it's july i don't want to watch this i'm watching the british open or the open instead or wimbledon or we were watching the British Open. Um, Open. I, I think uh, there was, you just assumed you knew the winner uh, prior. And, and there was the, was it the UCI that finally cleared Froome like days before the start of the yeah. the tour? I don't know. It just left a bad taste in my mouth the way that whole went, that whole thing went down. So um, I tried to stay away. I stayed away for, you know, six or seven days and, and then got drawn back in. So. That's what pulls us back in. So, yeah. did you see stage nine, which is the cobblestone stage? Yeah, I, I saw that stage, and I, I did kind of catch the end of some of the earlier sprint stages just to see how it shook out. And it was, it was yeah, I, I guess it was Gaviria's opportunity to shine, and he took full advantage. But stage nine was really cool. I enjoyed that one. It was interesting to see Gaviria comes out, and, and it's always you watch some of the commentators, and the guy wins one stage by pretty good margin, um, and then he's. He's going to pull a kittle. He's going to win the next 10 stages straight here. He wins another one. Oh, we're never going to see another sprinter win. And then all of a sudden you get Sagan start winning. Then you get Gronawagen yeah. start winning. Anyway, then we have the cobbles. And Richie Port goes down, goes out of the tour. It was before the cobbles, right? Before the cobbles, yeah. but on that stage. Um, what did you think of, of you know, you, you saw a lot of those guys, you know, Bargui, Thomas, all these ones who runs it really... 
I mean, they still were up there in contention. So what do you think of having the cobbles as part of this whole tour? And, you know, Mitchelton Scott was very much against it uh, from the start. But um, Adam Yates, you know, that wasn't why he lost the tour. Right. Yeah. As a fan, I enjoy it because it adds a cool element to the race. Most of the rider feedback, aside from the guys who are avid cobble riders, I think would prefer to see it not come back just because it's, uh, by all accounts, pretty painful. And it also adds kind of a, a level of uncertainty where things are taken out of their control. So, you know, it looks like it's easy to crash. Quite a few guys crash there. It looks like it's yeah. easy to flat, get a mechanical that could take you out or cost you a lot of energy to stay in the group. So as, as a fan, I enjoyed it because it is a cool aspect of racing. And I like the guys that seem to do really well in those races. Kurt? Yeah, it's a tough one. Um, there wasn't... There weren't any big surprises that came out of that. It seems like all the GC contenders obviously survived and did okay, so we didn't have to deal with the consequences of it. It was fun to watch. Um, it seemed like the big cobble riders maybe toned it back a little bit for their GC counterparts, um, so maybe it wasn't quite like the spring classics, but uh, it was it was a fun spectacle to watch for a day, and I, I had people who weren't cycling fans mention watching that stage and, and uh, how neat it was, so... Uh, it's probably good for the support, no matter right. what. I mean, well, I th- Iran, I think he ended up dropping out due to his crash that day, so sure. that that did take him out. But I mean, that can Richie Port. I mean, at, I he, my also he was already struggling, wasn't he? Who Iran? Yeah. No, he well, he had come off a little bit on the Mir Britannia when uh, stage six, when Dan Martin had won, he lost just a, a small handful of seconds. Okay. Uh, so we don't know because Froome lost some handful of seconds that day as well. So you never know on those short, punchy things what how that really plays into it. And then Richie Port, I mean, I imagine it was the tension of that day is what caused that wreck. Um, but even then, I mean, it's it's someone made the comment of, "Hey, these guys are they're they're legit bike riders, right?" I mean, to be GC guy, think of the descents that they take that we see in the tour that are pretty hot. I mean, they're flying down these things, except for maybe Zacharin. Um, they're pretty good. <laughs> yeah. So. You know why don't why don't do a good ride on on the cobbles make them I mean they're gonna they're gonna handle it so it was it was fun to watch yeah then we go into the mountains and then we have this parts over in the Alps and we're gonna get some some weird stages so we have those two short stages first we have the the 100k one and then we had the 60k one with the grid start um, and Alpe d'Huez I, I you mentioned that one I like that one too for the fact that Kreuzwick takes off you know multiple climbs ahead kind of makes Sky chase him down. And he still holds on, um, loses, you know, what, four and a half minutes up the climb, still kind of hangs on for that nibbly. You guys both looked at the the videos of the nibbly thing. What did you think of the fans on the road and nibbly going down? I mean, because he it changed the race, I think. You know, he always comes strong in the third week. Yeah, I mean, it was unfortunate. It, I don't think it was, in, you know, people are saying it's something new that the fans have gotten crazier. I mean, a camera strap, we've seen it before, okay. uh, obviously, um, 2003. Uh being the most famous, but I think that sort of thing just, it's just happens. That's the way cycling works. Um, the reason I like that stage is Froome lost time. That was the first time we really saw like a big crack where he wasn't able to uh, go with a move and it wasn't just a handful of seconds. I think he lost like 40 plus. No, he, he was with the finish at the end. Uh, cause, but he had to claw his way back. Yeah. I think oh, it I was, he, he, he definitely finished with the group there. Oh shoot. Cause okay. this is the one Oops. where, <laughs> no, but he no, but he had to. He had trouble, and uh, Dumoulin, of course, paces him back up. But at one point, you see uh, Garrett Thomas pacing him back up as well. It was the day before when I think Thomas goes up with Roglic and Dumoulin, 
uh, before the day before, and he loses a little bit. Of maybe time. it was the sprint Garant Thomas unleashed on the top of Alp Duez that, that made you really like. He was the, he was the team uh, GC guy that day because that was impressive. Yeah, that was definitely All right, that's impressive. what I remember. But it seemed like the the guys uh, what was it Dumoulin Thomas and Froome they were kind of playing a little cat, cat and mouse as they were coming into the finish because I think Landa had been dropped and he caught back on. Nibali crashed fractures vertebrae and he caught back on to be there in the finish so it was well, right as they're connecting that's when they start kind of like jumping off the front again before right. that left-hand corner yeah know? it was it was a good stage i think the the nibbly incident was was definitely not for the good of the race um it seemed like that happened in an area on the course where it was barricaded but it looked like everything was really narrow through there so with the motos being in the area he had no real choice other than to go up against the barriers and not to mention the flares and the uh, flares. Yeah. That doesn't help with visibility. Didn't yeah. the fans just hop the barricades? I don't think so. I think in some spots they were on the other side of the, like they were inside of the barricades. Oh, okay. Maybe that. Contributed well, to what was that. interesting, I, I heard two different podcasts that were on Dutch corner and they went down there and there were barricades on Dutch corner. But they said what's interesting was the corner right above and below, there's no barricades. So they were like racially profiling the, the, the Dutch, right? Because they're going to be the problem. And they said, actually, when you watch the film on that corner, they're fine because they're back. But then if there were barricades or people, you know, where that spot was, it was just unruly fans getting in the way. Yeah. Drunken mishaps. Right. But, you know, watching these old tours, I mean, things like this happen. I mean, it's not it's not a brand new thing. You should watch, I think it's Stars and Water Carriers. It's a, a 70s film of... Merck's doing the Giro, and those crowds are insane up those climbs. Oh, Siester, uh back in 90, I'm trying to remember when Chiapucci was attacking up there. there you, the crowds are just, I mean, no one gets hurt, but um, it's amazing. So going back to this yeah. tour and how I felt about it. So having watched the Volta and the Giro um, for a number of years now, it does feel like those are, are more epic um, grand tours like there's more mountaintop fin- there weren't a lot of mountaintop finishes yeah. for this uh, in, in this tour so that was kind of disappointing um, so in, in that regard it feels like we get more bang for our buck out of the three weeks of the other two you know smaller step sisters of uh, the tour so yeah more uh, exciting racing for sure yeah well and I think the climbs over there are steeper so you know the Angrelu the Mont Zonkalon and these kind of things where there's ridiculous and we didn't really have Super ridiculous. Well, I shouldn't say that because I'm not doing it, but they're they're not the same type of climbs. So, yeah, which make, maybe make a deal. Right. Um. Anyway, so we get the second week. We have those transition stages. That one finish up to the Mendy, uh, the airfield where you have um, Omar Fraley wins up winning that, and then you have 20 minutes later the the field comes through, which I thought was a pretty exciting way to watch a race. Okay, now let's watch the GC race. I almost felt like Rodlick should have posted up on that one as well. <laughs> You know, he, he did a lot of work and then he came back to kind of haunt him in the end. Um, what did you think of, of, of and a lot of Yumbo this year? Well, it's obviously they got a strong team to have a couple of guys who can place well and, and race. Uh, it seemed like they were in a lot of the big moments, um, especially Kreuzvik, uh the last few days there helping uh, Roglic out. So, um, yeah, it's good to see. They're, they're going to be an interesting team for the next few years, especially with what might or might not happen to sky and everything else so and they got a lot of youth on their side which is nice for sure yeah yeah they had, well Tolhook was up there for him with the, the, those two guys for a while right. hessink was up there and then you've got two americans which are climber guys sep cuss and nelson palace you never know where that team i'm actually they got two stage ones too right yeah mm-hmm. grunewagen yeah. well uh 
Grown Awakening had two, right? Yeah. So they had three because Roglic won uh, stage 19. Okay, there you go. Yeah. That's that's a heck of a tour for them. That's a really good think. tour. And I actually yeah. heard their um, DS talking about next year, uh, maybe pulling the Mitch, and we can talk about Caleb Ewing, pulling the, the thing saying, maybe we don't bring Gronewagen. We have a tough decision because we basically have one of the best sprinters in the world. And do you pack it in for, you know, to, to make sure your team's doing good in GC? So what do you think about the Mitchell and Scott idea? And then it flops entirely with Adam Yates not being able to do much. They don't get a stage win and they leave Caleb Ewing at home, especially when some of these sprinters are getting jettisoned out of the race. Yeah, it definitely flopped just because the likelihood of Ewing having won any of the stages, I don't put as very high, but it would just been good. Wait, to have, say it again. You don't think he would have won? I don't think so. Really? No. Um, between quick steps lead out between Grunewagen's power and even on the punchier stuff, having to contend with Sagan, I, I just don't think he would have won. I think he would have been right up there in the mix. I just don't think he would have won any of the stages. But at the very least, they'd have their name in there and have some mentions. I mean, they were just, you know, once once Yates came out of the, the picture, they were just absent. Well, Nieve was, what, 200 meters from winning? That's and, true. And then Thomas unleashed another And then Adam uh, Yates got uh, second or third. That was that to um, I'm trying to remember which that stage was it was. That was Philippe where he had that's crashed. Right, yeah, right. that, was, that was a good opportunity for them to get their one stage win and kind right. of get something out of the tour. And it was unfortunate to see him go down. Uh, and I'll get yours. I think um, Ewing would have done well because it was seemed a chaotic sprint atmosphere this year um, where you had Quick Step doing all everything. And then everything was, uh, they were the one team doing some work. And then everyone else was like surfing. And I think Caleb's really good at that. Um, getting in the mix in the right spots. And so he might, we don't know. We don't, don't know. know. Yeah. But what'd you think of uh, uh, them leaving Caleb Ewing? Yeah. And just in their, in their tour in general. Uh, well, it was a big disappointment, right? Like, <laughs> like nothing went well. Maybe, maybe you think it's a great deal. They, they <laughs> I, came out of it just well. I don't what, know. I was going to tie it back into the NCNCA. Um, I was just thinking about Caleb Ewing sprint. It's a little bit like that uh, Robert Skinner attack position, the Skinner snake that's been. I didn't know famous. the snake came into the. I haven't heard that. Chris, part. are you with me on this? Uh, I'll agree. I, I totally know. It's very, very about. low. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. No, I was, <laughs> sorry. That's what I was daydreaming. We've about seen over. that uh, years ago when he had a camera on his bike and he's sprinting and all, and you keep seeing his head. Who? Caleb Ewing. Okay. Yes. He has a, has a camera on the front of his bike and, and it's showing him sprinting. And all of a sudden his head's peeking over, looking at the camera, and then it's up back up. And Well, yeah. Everybody does that. His is really pronounced. I, I can imagine. As your, as your position stating. is yeah. yeah nuts. But yeah, what about um, movie star and their tour? A lot of the same tactics. I'm going to send a guy up the road. We have a three prong attack. Yeah. I'm going to send a guy up the road, and then we're going to fail miserably. Except for the Quintana, I guess day. Yeah, that has not worked out for them. No, <laughs> right? it hasn't. How far out of contention was Quintana when he went up the road on that stage? He was. I mean, he was well outside of contention. Obviously, they let him go. Right. But uh, he he still would, he got to like, maybe he got a minute 30, and then they kind of pulled it back to a minute, and then yeah. it kind of stabilized at that minute, right? Yeah. Uh, but the thing is, what do you, what else do you do? Do you go all in on Landa? Uh, he didn't really impress too much in this tour. Yeah, that was surprising. I, I thought he would have had a stronger tour. I did too. He did have that crash early on. I don't know if that really hampered his efforts, but... Was that on the cobble stage? I don't Wait, think who? so. Landa? Landa? Yeah, he went down on, I believe, the cobbles as was well. Was it the cobbles? It wasn't in a cobble situation. It looked like he was just... 
it was really early taking a drink of water yeah 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 it was yes, really early in the that's stage that's exactly right and yeah. it was um it was a tarmac section yeah and he just like head planted right it had nothing to do with cobbles it, it was could have just... been the nerves of the day oh yes so quintana was 423 going back into the stage 17 i think or 16 okay. whatever the one he won yeah so they gave him some leeway obviously right. And then he, I guess he hurt himself the next day or that day, and um, then he kind of just bailed out. So, I think was I think it was the next day when he got. We well, hurt his hand after uh, the stage on the barrier somehow. Speaking of which, what are, let's let's talk about the fans and the wait. I'm sorry. Do you want to go? No, no, no go. The, uh, we've talked about the fans, but go on. Well, Brailsford, uh, and and I think it was on that day as well that when Quintana won that it showed that. Uh, Thomas is coming over the, you know, up in the, and he's breaking away a little bit and he's kind of on the barriers. Some AG2R fan in a jersey, I'm assuming it's <laughs> reaches over. It and it's more than a, hey, I'm just patting this guy. It's like he's trying to grab him. If you see the actual video or photo sequence of it, I mean, it jerks Thomas's arm a little bit. That's one guy. But can't you infer that the whole country of France <laughs> on one on the actions of one person? Isn't that what we do here in the States? I can't. But that was that was a good good way to take the attention off of uh, Moscon punching the guy the day before, right, I believe. Right. So, Moscon, yeah. Yeah. The, my, my favorite was so Brailford comes out on the rest day and they um, they're talking about Moscon because he had just been ejected <laughs> for I mean, you're a few hundred meters into the race and you're going to throw a bottle out or hit a, try to hit a guy. And it was a bad hit, by the way. I mean, it didn't look very, you could do so much better. I'm it's got to talk to some of those sprinters. They know how to hit people. Anyway, Brailford comes out and he's like, you know, Johnny Moscon did and this. Was, yeah. I mean, but what was it about? Why did he punch the guy? I think he was upset that certain people were trying to get in the break or he was trying, the guy he was swinging at was trying to launch somebody into the break and he, Moscon didn't want him in the break and the guy was continuing <laughs> and, to try it. Right. And, and the point is, it, it was wow. before the first K. Right. So that's, I mean, that's a long day to really be worked up that early about it. Right. So anyway, Brailsford comes out and says, you know, it's, it's undignified, blah, blah, blah. We're disappointed. He's disappointed, blah, blah, blah. Oh, by the way, now let's. Go over to the fans abusing us. And Sky has done nothing but be dignified in this tour, <laughs> which I thought was a funny juxtaposition of from what he just said about his own guy. So, Well, that one guy doesn't represent the whole team. Well, you got a point. He doesn't. I'm surprised Brail- Brailsford's still around. As am I, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he does seem to be a little out of touch at times with, with everything. Yeah, so so not surprising that he would say that. Um Unfortunate. I don't blame the fans. I mean, the fans are excited to be at a bike race, right? Like it. Well, yeah, but you can't go grabbing the guy. Okay, or That's spitting. One, one, right. Obviously, there's there's limits. But if you go back and you watch old tours, this is nothing new. Things haven't gotten worse or better. Right. Like, um, I was I was watching one last night, and <laughs> there's Pantani's going for the win, and he's you know he's got like a minute or something on everybody else. So he's pretty confident he's going to win. He's probably like zipping up his Jersey or something. And all of a sudden some guy jumps uh, like onto a bike in a uh, mop, mop kit. Is that right? <laughs> sure. And is chasing him and like making up ground really, really quickly. And you're like, Holy cow, how did this guy, where did this guy come from? And then all of a sudden you see the moto start to grab the guy, and like pull him off his bike. So like crazy weird stuff has been happening forever and there's no way to, there's no way to stop it. Like it's an open mountain road totally get it open road you know what i've thought about many times though we have the tour of california coming here you talk and you know we've had tour of california comes here and they're going over through napa and i remember a buddy nate putting on like uh barat 
in his underwear type of thing, running up the climbs. And it's embarrassing. And no offense, Nate, but that was embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. um, but you see these, some of these people and they're getting in the way of the guy with the horns uh, next to, you know, the riders. And I'm, I'm embarrassed for my country in a sense. I'm like, oh shit, we're going to have, we're going to take down one of these riders. Come on, you invite these riders here. And so I have this sense of this, this behave. I don't want to be that country that looks like an idiot. What do you think it is over there? I mean, do they have that? Should they, should you just say, since you've been doing this from ad infinitum, you should be able to always just like throw urine on the riders and punch them in the kidneys and, or should we expect a little bit more out of them? Out of who? Hey, they're checking passports, they said. There's people from all over the world that right. come to this race. You can't blame the French. I mean, like, people travel from Wait, everywhere. I just got it. So we could go over there, act like idiots, and we would be just, just wear an AGTR jersey. Yeah. You would go over there and purposefully, right yeah, you would have like a baguette in your back pocket <laughs> and trying to. Right. Total troll. I'd be doing the Marcel of the, the in the box. <laughs> right. uh, pan, miming. It's miming, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, whatever. I think it's fine. Like, like Kurt said, the fans are the fans. It, it's crazy that people got so bent out of shape about booing in this tour. It's like uh, you're professional athletes. You're going to get booed. It happens in every sport. If anything, it just means you've kind of transcended into a new level of fan hatred, which is not a bad thing. I don't really care about the booing. I just have some a, of the riders seemed really put off by it. Well, yeah, I, I imagine so. Um, it, Thomas didn't, at least his comments outwardly didn't seem to be having a problem. He goes, I'd rather get booed than hit. Yeah, and then he got hit. <laughs> yeah, so some fan hit him to check. I mean, you know, that um, it's you're right. It's nothing new. I mean, back in the 80s in the Tour of Italy, there was, uh, you know, throwing tax on the road so the Bernardino couldn't win. They had a helicopter following one of the Italians that was like trying to push him along. Um you know, Eddie Merckx gets punched in the kidney and has to, in the yellow jersey on one of the climbs, has to pull out of the race. So, you know, these things happen. So, you're right. It's part of the sport. We need to continue it. If we can't go to a sporting event and boo, <laughs> what the heck? That is ridiculous, right? Like, that's no, just I, part I of sports. No, I have problems with the booing. Okay. What about, what about um, you know, some classic pictures, uh, like Contador punching some guy, like, in a... Um, yeah, with the, the syringe. Yeah, <laughs> punching him in the face. There's an Andy Hampson. He's winning on Elp de Wes, and this little kid comes up, and he just decks him. Pushes, and, and the comment afterwards was, he's like, he's young. He's got to learn some early. Wow. <laughs> Harsh. Yeah. Harsh. But, you know, that kid probably I learned. I don't know if he we did or not. check back. Okay, so stage 19 was good. It was kind of like stage 19 of the Vuelta, I mean, of the Giro, where it was, you know, big hey, action, hey, lots yeah. going on. It was, I, I really enjoyed that one of, of Roglic uh, taking it to him. Before 19, stage 17, did you feel the length or grid really did anything for the race? The, the best part, and thanks for, for bringing it back to that. The best part about the length was that it was like, I didn't have to waste my time watching a, a long mountain stage it's just like hey here's three mountain passes we're just gonna put them all in two right. hours perfect uh the grid was exceptionally cool because you got to see them stoically sitting on their bikes <laughs> for a while uh, the road was clipped in early and against the barriers i don't know if that's Ooh. a problem but did he get a good jump uh, at the start then? no no one no one got a jump i I think every it's a pretty good consensus that um, it was kind of a flop. The the grid itself. Yeah, I agree. With but that. I didn't have a problem with it necessarily. I don't know that it. I mean, you? No, I, it was a stunt to just show the riders at the beginning. That's fine. I yeah. don't have a problem yeah. with it. Yeah, it was, it, it was. It was a. It was a call up, and then let's stay in this position. Right. It didn't change the race. No. Yeah. Although the maybe a lot. You know, they've said that they were trying to do this to not allow, you know, like Team Sky to get right to the front and to block everything. 
And so you saw about 30, 40 riders immediately go right past and in the break. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe, yeah, maybe it just starts things off. So maybe it did affect the race, but um, yeah, yeah it, it, to, it didn't seem to make a big difference. To what me. about the short distance? It didn't really seem like it, it had a major effect on how the guys raced it. It just seemed like they let the break go and they really just waited till the last climb to really have have a real battle. I mean, it was it was cool that it, it shortened it up and it probably made the riders a, ha- a happier to not have to do about 100 kilometers of just soft pedaling to get to the mountains. So I think it's, it's a good stage. They went over three big climbs that day, right? Yeah. 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 I mean, I think the three climbs probably played as big an impact as any um, waiting till the last climb to kind of really go at it but i i think shorter stages in general have always been more exciting there were some dynamics with gc this year that maybe didn't make that one quite as crazy as it could have been right. i almost wonder if and it was oh go ahead no uh, nibali wasn't right there. so right. that or contador well yeah contador wasn't there although no, did, is that the day he climbed the mountain i, I think it was staged it was one of those days where i, I put i think it was yeah i think it was yeah. where he he'd gone out there and done it and uh uh, the guy that we follow on Twitter with name can't be pronounced said that he was like would have been top 20 on the day. It was that day. So stage 17, Quintana won. Yeah. So I wonder though if, you know, you've had some of these short days that aren't necessarily as brutal. You know, think of back, I'm trying to remember, if, was it 2016 in the Vuelta where Froome lost his his, uh, oh. his lead? And that day had some climbing, but it was more twisty, you know, hilly, really hilly with a kicker at the end. And it allowed them to be a little bit more aggressive from the start because you're not going to go off from the gun and actually put a threat into Team Sky. But you might if your half your team gets dropped because, you know, it's twisty race. I mean, that's exactly what happened today. So it's maybe it's just circumstances. Sure. All right. Cool. Chris, any, any last dividing thoughts on your uh, 2018 Tour de France and the, and the time trial maybe? Uh, Skin time trial is kind of wonky. Uh, the timing issues there at the end and Dumoulin not really knowing how he did. Roglic, I think, I don't know if he just buried himself too deep the day before and just didn't have anything left for, for the TT, but it was kind of a bummer to see him lose his spot on the podium. It was. Yeah. But um, it was, in, a, in, a, in an odd way, it was encouraging because I thought, this goes on the, and I'm reading into stuff, but I'm thinking, okay, if he had if he had really re- refreshed himself overnight like a good vampire, um, he probably would be doing better. But you know, he it was indicative too of his what third Grand Tour that he's done, yeah. and uh, you know, really laying it on the line and doing what we like. I mean, that's why I was most impressed with him because he kept trying. Yeah, and it's that Contador thing of, you know, you get you've seen this movie star comes to the front at one day. Oh, I think it was a Kreuzwick was up the road because they're, Oh, we got to defend our eighth place or something. Mm-hmm. And I'm sick of that. Right. Yeah. Let's, let's give sky a chance to, to relax a little bit and you drag them all the way through the Valley. Thank you. Because you're worried about sixth, eighth place. And right. Roglic to me was like, okay, I would really like to be up this. I'm going to, I'm going to go for it and yeah. screw fourth place. And then in the TT, it was interesting to see Thomas have what, 20 seconds to the second checkpoint and then end up third. So I'm guessing he was just full gas and had his almost crash in one of those tight right-hand bends and just throttled back. So you got to wonder if he had kept it up at full gas, if he'd be able to take the TT. I think the team sky got a message from Michelle, uh, from his wife saying, have him slow down. (laughs) It's it's possible. I think he, what, what Chris said, I think he, he probably had that little bit of a scare in that that corner there, or going into the corner, and probably said, 
what does it matter? Right. Yeah. I don't yeah, think I anyone's going to Luis Portal, their manager, is probably like, dude, just, we don't want to see you a yard sale out here. Right. Uh, you don't need that many stage wins. Right. I'm trying, which, which tour was that uh, with Lance? Um, uh, he's chasing Ulrich and it was a little wet and Ulrich comes bound to uh, roundabout and slides out. And that was the race. And then, I don't know, but that that's the kind of thing that could ruin the race for you, obviously. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yes, short story. What what about <laughs> what about the uh, skin suit? You have an in, interesting skin suit issue. Oh yeah, I guess somehow during the the course of the the tour, Sunweb lost Dumoulin's World Championship skin suit, so they didn't figure that out until that morning. And luckily, they they were able to get in contact with the manufacturer, and everybody was on holiday with the exception of like one staff person. And they threw in together for him on the spot on that morning and drove it over to the TT just in the nick of time so he could actually do the TT in his in his world championship attire. I was listening to the cycling podcast and they were talking about this and they were very skeptical. They thought it was all a hoax. Yeah. And um, kind of an odd thing to pick. Right. And they're like, oh, it got it there. Three hours in time. There's all these pictures of them sewing it. And then they they talked to, I don't know, Brian Holm or whoever the manager. And he's like, no, 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 no. It was all legit because it happened to be right there where their facility is just you know magically i don't know or Seems care like a good good advertisement for that company right i'm sure yeah and good they for can them. turn kits around same day good for them being creative with that you know who? Uh, one thing this a sleeper just you guys may not have noticed this guy but keep an eye out for Egan Bernal. Who, <laughs> who does he race for <laughs> he's he's on team sky you probably oh. didn't notice him much but i think that guy might be good oh, how would he do in the tt that's what I'll base it on. He actually did. I think he was like 16th or 17th. I don't think so. Mm, he he is a Colombian national time trial champion. Well, though. he did do pretty well in the TT, didn't he? He got 25th. Okay, that's two still, minutes back. Still pretty good. From a coasting Garrett Thomas. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, he's got some work to do there because we saw that. I mean, that he put his tour of California in jeopardy by getting smoked in that time trial. Who beat him? TJ. Van yeah. oh, a few people beat him. He's, he'll be fine. Did, well, I the, mean, if TJ stand out on a limb and say, I think he's going to be fine. You too. What do you no. think? He, what's his next race? When will he get an opportunity to be team leader? The Giro? Well. Yeah. So what, what do you think is going to happen with this guy thing next year? I mean, they're kind of rounding themselves into a. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Did, so, so Disney Trident bought Sky or Fox or something. So did, I, I don't know what the plans are for that team overall. It sounds like they've at least got another year right yeah you got guys under contract right so how how long has thomas been on sky i don't know he moved over from barlow world i want to say oh nine and his contract's up this year so he's in a good position to, a team in oh nine to leverage <laughs> a new a new contract yeah the, the word during the tour was uh brailsford is like oh yeah he's staying and then um actually it was lance armstrong was saying that he was in contact with mcquade uh pat mcquade's son who's his manager and he's like it's a verbal agreement which means He's going to get paid. I would hope so. Yeah. I heard Walt Poles gets a million plus on that team. So that's part of your problem mm-hmm. when you're able to pay guys, you know, I mean, there's, there's tour leaders probably for other teams that aren't making a thousand, a million. Right. What True. are you going to do? What are you going to do? Uh, what about any other, uh, winners and losers of the tour? Or Kurt, do you have any? Chris, you got, you got something down. Go ahead. My winner is, um, is Tom Dumoulin. I think he had a great tour, and who knows? Give it, give it a few years, and maybe he'll be the overall winner. We'll see. All right, 
I would give it to uh, Team Lotto and El Jumbo. That's a good pick. Yeah. yeah. I, I had fun watching them this year. I really enjoyed Kreiswick and uh, Roglic doing something. And I thought, you know, there was some, I just, I know I'm extending this a little bit, but um, they came to the fore with Hessink on that final climb on, I think it was stage 19, and did a lot of work. And it looked from the outset that it could have been very much like movie star when they come and help. But the difference was um, Hessink, when he was done, he had spun off, I think, Kwiatkowski. Well, he definitely had spun off Castro Viejo. So mm-hmm. either way, he had done the sky was just as depleted as they would have been anyway, if not more, through the work he did. So I thought it was actually different tactics than movie star and it and it worked out well anyway it was fun grown wagon you know those guys so yeah, yeah they had a really good great race you do you have any or just no i'll, just I'll steal th- yours i like that one and in part because i, I remembered uh, just thinking how it, i didn't really know much about that team at least their future when uh local stud nielsen palace joined yeah. them but after watching uh, them this last year with roglic having a few few good results like it seems like a really great place for him to be so it's cool cool to see that's a really good point because you know last year there was the rumor that he he being nelson was going to ef education first and then you know swapped over to nl yumbo with sep and yeah it appears i mean i think that's we don't know just from the outset the outside it looks pretty good um that's a that's gonna be a strong team any losers i would add another winner and that would be uh degan colvin stage nine true Um, he kind of was written off i think collectively by by the cycling world so it was good to see him get a stage win at the tour on kind of that type of course so it was, it was cool to see that win yeah i i agree and and actually one of the best you know kind of an emotional uh little uh, statement afterwards yeah but definitely. it wasn't rambling and it was pretty to the point and it was it was kind of touching and some of these you just want them to shut up right yeah any losers johnny moscon just a what a head case how many times does he get he gets a second chance or third fourth fifth chance uh, i hope they get rid of that guy you know who probably sent him a bottle of champagne though buhani oh <laughs> he's like hey thanks buddy i look like a, a, a an angel i yeah. look a little more normal now don't yeah I? I would say the for losers the the entire like sprinter core uh, it was just disappointing to see them completely absent on stage 21 um i don't know if that's uh due to the course or just they just kind of let themselves not make time cuts i don't know what it was but ultimately it was it was a bummer to see stage 21 come down to kind of not to say second tier sprinters but not the the elite of the elite so that was a bummer yeah because going into this i was pretty psyched about you know you'd seen the sprinters all early season just firing everyone was winning and it was to me it was going to be exciting and then yeah that you want me to do a loser i'm going to go gripe um, for his comments about DeMar, which I wanted to be true, but it's, it appears that it's not true. And, uh, it's a little, I, I hear the guys, it seems everyone's like, Oh, he's such a, such a nice guy. You know, he doesn't, you never see him deviating the line. I mean, he just seems like a good guy. And so then why are you picking him? He's a loser in this case. He put online something that he, she, it he was emotional more, in the moment. Right. And he wasn't even in the race. That was the problem. And he I, deleted it. So it doesn't count. I think he apologized too. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, the the damages have been done. And okay, Tyler. like I said, I, I, I wanted it to be true. And it's, it, it sucks. You're mostly upset that it's not true. Not that he said it. <laughs> right. Right. I, I like that. We I think we sort of uh, asked Chris to investigate or at least we sure didn't yeah. investigate. No. We just waited for Chris to, to I waited look for at the, the retra- file. Yeah, I waited for the retraction. I don't think the file came out. I never saw it. Yeah, okay. And do you have any? 
He said Moscone. Yeah, I already, oh. already gave okay. mine. I, I, I can stand you, can by you mine. Talk about another. I stand by mine as well. All right, so that was the tour. I hope you enjoyed it. Just a few more weeks here. We have uh, about a, less than a month. We have the Volta. Yeah. Exciting. Be, I, I said fun. the other morning, it was Monday, and I told my wife, I'm like, God, oh, tour's over. And she's like, oh, thank God. Like, <laughs> really? You're out of the closet. <laughs> hey, not really. All right. <laughs> What about locally? We had the USA Crit Series. That was this last weekend in San Rafael, the Twilight uh, Crit there. It was always a good venue. Uh, streamed it online. We uh, we took we partook in, in watching that. It's pretty good. Coverage one was guys, great. Yeah, t- talk to us first about the streaming. You thought it, I, I thought it was really good, the, the coverage itself. Yeah, they had, they had fixed cameras on every corner. Um, what could they do different? Uh, I'm, we didn't have any crowd noise, so that that was kind of weird. There was just just the announcers, so you didn't quite feel like you were there in that regard. We talked about maybe a better finish line camera, but yeah, given everything that they're working with and how quickly they've improved that that service this, over the last few years, I wouldn't say there's much else that I would change. I think they're making huge strides every time. Every time I go to watch it, it's a lot better. Right, so. and like the the actual um, quality of the stream was was good. So that was very helpful. Correct. Yeah, it was very clear. It was really yeah. good. It was a strong stream. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But also, uh, maybe they could improve the production a little bit. Like, sometimes they would they would miss, like, the camera that the action was on, yeah. like, a little bit. Maybe they could catch up on that. Well, my, my whole thing was, uh, so they're showing the, 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 it's a clockwise loop, and they're showing the turn one from the right side as you're looking to it. And they need it to be from the left because everything comes over on the other barrier. And if you'd show it from the other side, at least on the start finish, you would get, because half the time you're like, I'm bending my neck trying to look around the corner to see these guys all of a sudden appear from the barriers, you know, for this finish. And if you're on the other side, you're going to see a full. Mm -hmm. And these are just things that they can look at and see, boom. So Chris, you want to give us an update of of how the actual race went? Yeah. um, It looked like um, it was really well attended, which is great to see. I think having the USA crits component and the money they threw at the prizes was, was really helpful. I think both the men and women had ten thousand dollar purses for for each field, paying down. Those are belts, not purses. I'm sorry, paying down twenty five <laughs> uh, people. So um, on the thirty five plus front, I don't think I saw any of that live stream. Unfortunately, it looks like it came down to a field sprint. Uh, Mike's bikes went one two with Sam Benedict taking the win, and <laughs> that was pretty good. Oh, you're still talking about the belt? Yeah. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you look at them, they're like they're like those ones that you win for WWE or something. Right? I think yeah, that's that's the idea. All right, yeah. Imagine uh, if they gave him purses. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, oh, okay. not at all. Go on. Uh, what else happened in those races? They had some fixie crits. That was kind of an interesting thing. I think it's yeah. the second year they've done that. Um. Didn't see into the women's race, but did see the men's race. Shorter races, twenty five. minutes. We saw the end of the women's race. We did see some of the women's race. The women's we, in crit? fact, we streamed the whole thing. No, the, the fixie crit. Oh no, oh, I didn't no, see any no, of that. No, Sorry, I didn't. No, I, it was a small. You're still talking field. about fixies. Yeah, I want to talk about the fixie crit. The fix, the, yeah, the fixie stuff was like the women's. I didn't, so I didn't see the start of it. I saw the end of it, and I think there was only like five girls left in the last ten laps. And okay. Two of them were off the front. Three were, well. I don't even know if there were three of them together. There, there weren't very many there. That was, t- to me, a little bit disappointing. I would have liked to have seen a, more people in the race. The right. men's race, not bad. It was pretty good once but, it got separated out. Yeah. Were they pulling lap? Because we only saw, there was like six of them there when we saw it. And then, um, anyway, talk about it. You just did. Well, well done. J- uh, Paulson, 
ends up winning the Justin Polson. Yeah, it looked like he got whittled down to ultimately a group of four. It was Polson, Scott Cohen from Davis, um, Evans from, is he on Illuminate or who is he with? Yeah. Oh, Rob Evans yeah. is with Illuminate, yeah. And then there's another guy. I, I don't know who he is. I think he's predominantly a, a fixed gear racer, unfortunately. But yeah, Polson, young Polson. Is he the mustache the guy? Yeah. He was, his mustache was strong with him. It was. He was a strong, fixie very fixy rider. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, women race had. It looks like there was well over fifty people that that yeah that took the start there. Um, kind of a big discrepancy between the the pro racers and it went all the way down to Cat Three. So it was women's P one two three. So I think you know, given the nature of that course, it's it's not one where you can just kind of hide out for the duration and and kind of stick a sprint so i think we lost quite a bit of the field early on in that well one. and the quality of the field because you had uh decent teams there showing right. up it wasn't just your local crit and so yeah it's tougher for a three to to hang on i think yeah and i, I think we watched the full stream of this one over dinner and after dinner and uh, nothing really got away in that no. race maybe a couple bike lengths at best but no and then the the team went one two three right yeah and that was uh Sam Schneider, Carolyn Bauer, and Josie Talbot. What team are they with? I don't know. I don't remember the name. Uh, was that the one from Southern Terrible. California? Uh, I, I That's the one I think where my teammate from college, Tiffany Pizzullo, was the manager. Edit this. The booth, huh? Put the team in there. <laughs> yeah. Cut this up. Put the team in there. Yeah, we should get their name. Um, all right, we'll do that. Especially what? since they swept the podium. Right. They swept it's the ridiculous. podium, but there's no results on USAC. To, to be fair, we out. had just gotten the check, and we were trying to leave dinner. So it was a little hard to pay complete attention at the at the time. Well, I saw the I saw the podium shot afterwards. Uh, which, you know, it, Talk about the women, or the men's in. Are you going to edit that out? Probably not. Perfect. The men's race, there, we had mentioned that there were some sandbags after corner two. Um, earlier in the day, and, and I think we were saying like that that looks a little bit dangerous. And in the men's P12 race, we finally saw the the lights had gone down. It was dark. We finally saw someone hit a sandbag, and yeah. uh, and it was and unfortunately it was the guy that was in second in the USA Crits Point Series, a 21 year old rider. And uh, I think he was able to get back in the race, and everything's okay. But um, it looked like a pretty hard hit. Yeah, it definitely looked like he went over the bars and didn't have a, a soft landing. So it looks like he avoided the sandbags on the landing, unfortunately. And that's another point for their production crew that was streaming this event is they did have a replay. Yes. Which, right. yeah, yeah, which we weren't sure. We hadn't seen a lot of replays. They were able to pull that back up and show it to us. So part of why we watch these races is, uh, you know, unfortunately, the crashes. And we were able to see that again. So that was kind of cool. It was. Well. <laughs> it was cool for cool. the coverage crew to be able to do that. <laughs> oh, okay, um, yeah, yeah. Overall, the race, it, it was cool to see Mike's bikes always had, it seemed like they were putting guys in every move, um, you know, moves to get up the road. Uh, Oak Valley Community Bank seemed like they had guys going in the moves with, with um, either Robert or Timmy. Yeah, Mark Pro had, I think, one or two guys in the race, but they had a guy, Gavin Murray, Gavin. who was just always on the front. That's true. I mean, he was either getting into moves, pulling moves back, or just driving the pace. It was it was cool to see him up there on on the front of that field because there was still a, a pretty strong amount of um, representation from Cliff Bar's elite team out there, and uh, he definitely raced well to go up against those guys. Yeah, Cliff Bar was impressive, and then uh, even Justin Paulson, I think, was pretty active in, yeah. in the moves, even having done the 
the fixie crit uh, just just before. So yeah, I mean, this ultimately came down to field sprint, but I think for 20, 25 minutes of the race, Mike's and Cliff Bar got in a little two man move and and got up to like twenty five seconds at one point, I think, on the field. And it was Vogel and I don't know if it was one of the Muller v. brothers or if it was Zach Allison himself that I think it was one of the Muller v. brothers. This, okay. He was yeah. very active. The one that was uh, one of the top points guys. Yeah. Um, yeah. Very. Yeah. There, so there's a there's a point series for lead laps, as far as I understand. Okay. And so he was trying to steal those. Gotcha. Um, you know, lead laps, um, and it seemed as though Dr. Vogel was in cahoots and said, "Yeah, yeah." yeah he he wasn't. It wasn't in the series for that. Um, but was able to drive the brake. IS Corp Pro Cycling was the name of the women's team. Oh, okay. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. That makes they had sense. a good uh, advertisement during the race. They did, yeah. Uh, so what was interesting to me, and this may seem as a slight, is uh, Cliff Bar, quite the dominant team out there. None of the guys I see racing locally. <laughs> so it was like a split squad. It's a little interesting. Where was their local guys? Do they not... I don't know. Maybe don't they were know. in the field, just kind of hanging out. They weren't waiting. registered that I saw. Okay. I didn't see any Thor hammers being thrown, or maybe they have a, a group that's dedicated to the USA Crit Series or something. Gotcha. So this is this is our focal point for these guys. This other group covers these other races, but um, yeah. What was the who was leading the the charge to pull back Vogel and company? Look, like it was just kind of a collective effort. Yeah. From the field. Yeah, it seemed like there was constantly someone trying to get across and coming up just short. The last guy I think that was able to do it was actually Justin Polson. Okay. Yeah, if I if I remember correctly, I think he actually bridged the gap. But Timmy may have been active in some of those yeah. attempts. So anytime you have you know one or two guys going for it, then it seems like the whole group kind of collectively gets pulled along, and it kept getting shorter and shorter in terms of the gap. Yeah. So Timmy uh, wrecked, I guess, with two to go. Was that, I never, I did not see that wreck. I know he put that on his Strava, um, but I didn't see that wreck in the last two laps. I didn't see the wreck. I mean, either. obviously it happened. Um, sucks when that happens. And then they didn't, weren't, maybe that was part of the problem, like not getting Josh up any further because he ends up uh, ninth, ninth on the day. Hmm. Yeah, that's, that's a tough that's course. A you got, things got to go kind of right for you yeah. coming on that back stretch into the last two corners. Right. So that you can you can hit that fourth corner, you know, third or fourth or fifth, wherever, hopefully even higher maybe. Um, yeah, there's not a lot of time from the fourth corner to the finish. No, that's definitely a short sprint. It's good to see Vogel not only be in the break for as long as he was, but, you know, as, as the race was coming down in the final laps, just being up at the front, keeping the pace high and trying to get his guys organized and into position. You see him doing a lot of arm waving when he was on the front right, there. Yeah. And then um, it was good to see Andrew really active and getting called out a bunch. So yeah, apparently cool he's that. got a ear to ear grimace. Is what he I does. Heard. We've seen that. <laughs> we have that picture of him from cascade where it's, it's more like the, the Joker. They, well, they immediately picked up on his pain face, right? which was, was a great pickup by the coverage crew. Cause that is, that is what he's known for, but also former teammate, Robert Terra, yeah. Uh, in a lot of moves, really, really aggressive. It's cool to see those guys racing at, you know, a USA crits level race and, and really, being active. Yeah. Being a part of animating the whole race. So, but right. the finish, Zach Allison gets the win, but Justin Paulson, that sprint surprised me. Like I, I, I saw him in the fixed gear crit and that was impressive, but dang, that's a second place for, for him in that field. That was that's pretty damn awesome. That's really impressive. Yeah. yeah. I'm trying to remember where he came through. All I could notice was, uh, and I don't think he was third because one, two was 
the the Cliff Bar guys, and right. so you know they did it great. They they came into that last corner, perfect position. They get one like five or six, something like that, and you know pretty good, pretty good finish there. Uh, their own guy was it was kind of I like that. Who are the lead out guys posting up behind kind of thing? Like, oh yeah, yeah. So it may have been Mike's third. Yeah, like Gosling or Hankins. Yeah, Tyler Locke okay. of Gutenberg or Guten Plan, Gluten Free. I think he was. Was he up there? He was yeah. fourth. Fourth. Nice. Garrett Hankins. Hankins, fifth. Hankins at fifth. Johnny Mitchell. And then Connor Mullery, um, seventh, though. So he must have been the, the final lead out guy for Allison. I, I don't think so. Because oh. I, th- I don't remember it would be in the blue jersey guy. And and I'm looking at the results, and it doesn't have teams listed. So right. that's that's the bummer thing. Job there, San Rafael. Um, do you want to talk about Nats real quick? Yeah. I mean, I don't know a whole lot about it, but. We'll give them an update. This is U.S. Elite Nats. Well, no, I, I, and I think that's one of the issues. Is this is like right. Well, this was a bad weekend. Elite Nationals, and it's like, well, there's little bits and pieces of coverage. Even USAC's Twitter page was down for a while. It's like, I, I feel like it warrants legitimate coverage. But anyway, it does, and it was it sucks for this crit because he had guys, yeah. you know, Reichert's former champion last year, right? And, yeah, you know, he's out going to Nats. So and Justin Williams, Justin Williams here before, right? And, and I don't think you had a repeat or a a previous champion there until you went all the way back to like Riggs. Yeah. So was he in the race for sure? Well, he was pre-registered. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, uh, elite nationals time trial. Corey Lockwood got the win with uh, Boardman, Sam Boardman from Mark pro second. And then um, Chris Reichert from Mike's coming in third and identical placings to how they did at Chico. And the, the times are really similar there as well. And Corey Lockwood had a little note on his, he was his Instagram page said he almost missed his start. And he even got a late start because he had a, a DIT issue with his junction box. So good for him to take the win, even though he got a late start. Yeah, SRAM, I guess, jumped on board and helped him out real quick. Right there. SRAM helped him? That's what he, that's what he said, SRAM, SRAM mutual support. Helped him with his DI2. Well, they're just good people. Yeah. Gave him a whole new group set. Right. Put on some ETAP. They did that for me at Cat's Hill. I had right before the P1, I had a chain the guy just like ripped it off put a new one on wow i'm like sweet you should just go in there with your bike just beat up just like i don't know what happened i, I did those <laughs> shut up <laughs> all right road race uh justin williams took the win um local top finisher was robert skinner from mike's so that he got 10th place so yeah good to see justin williams get a win there and then the crit totally different result yeah uh looks like justin williams won the crit as well Sam Borden, I think, came in third, and Robert Skinner got 11th. So some local guys doing well. Um, no wins, unfortunately. For, yeah, if you're not going to, um, if it's going to come down to a sprint finish and you have Justin Williams in there for the road race, I mean, yeah. he's going to double national champion now. So Yeah, I didn't see any clips from the end of the crit, but looking at uh, a couple pictures, Williams had several bike lengths over the field, so he must just come out of the last corner and just exploded. Yeah, I mean, what did he say at uh, Chico in, in, when we talked to him? Close Closed his eyes, eyes. <laughs> Closed his eyes and went through the corner. Something like that. So, yeah, good good job for him. And you had U23 here, the um, I know Avelo team. Yeah, so Gage Hecht got the win there, but uh, also Quentin Kirby from Mark Pro. He got second. He he seems to be... Don't you mean Marco Polo? I do mean Marco Polo, yeah. It's <laughs> a um, call out to Andrew, uh, Andreu, <laughs> or we'll call him Andy. So a lot of guys that did well at Nationals did really well at Chico, so it's good to see kind of that um, connection. Yeah, maybe we'll conglomerate post some of these uh interviews we've had uh since nats and we'll put them out as a as a hey look back at these and maybe not remember that time you were at chico yeah remember the time you were at chico we try to capitalize on these guys right. lives uh any winners and losers from 
NorCal scene, Nats. Either so, way. So uh, winners, Justin Paulson, two two races. Right. Uh, you know, probably took home a decent Cut. purse. Uh, yeah, good prize money and, and a belt. So good for him. Yeah, it's good to see he got prize money, purse, and a belt. That yeah. belt was as big as he was. He's a, he's not he's not a big kid. No, that, that belt was, was giant. That's a good. Saturday. I want to see him wear that now with the fi- on the fixie. <laughs> he probably will. He probably will. Yeah. Any uh, anyone for you, Chris? Uh, I would say Mike's had a had a good day. They were the kind of the big local team representing at San Rafael, and even though they were kind of split between Nationals and San Rafael, they they still were probably one of the more active teams, driving the break and then getting second and fifth in the finish is, is a good result for them. Yep, I'll pull out Cliff Bar on this one. Uh, those guys are you know Cliff Bar is right over there from the Bay, yeah, and they were very active. Um, obviously prominent team in that series. I think they were leading it or so, and yeah. they come out and they, they, they take the win. They take a lot of time out of there. And it was, uh, it was good to see losers. I'm going to go with kind of it, not at their fault, but the crit unfortunately suffered, I think from, um, the scheduling mashup with nationals being yeah. on the same day. It would have been nice <laughs> to have seen, you know, a lot of those teams at their full strength. If Mark pro had, Boardman and Kirby, and if Mike's had Reichert and Roman and company, I think it would have made for a, a better race. And I, I don't know the solution to, to resolve that because it sounds like a lot of the local schedules get hammered out early because they got to procure permits and nationals comes in a lot later. So you're just kind of hopeful that they don't uh, line those up on the same day. Right, right. You? Uh, no, I'd, I'd have a tough time picking a loser from the streaming coverage <laughs> yeah, that's true or what about nats any you, you, know, you didn't pay attention to that either uh maybe just the the fact that they had to have that construction on the course and then that did work sandbag the sandbag i mean you can see that it's not really part of where they would be racing but yeah it was at one point and it really sucked for that kid i mean the sandbag stopped him cold and that bike went straight <laughs> down and up and uh, it was, it was, uh, he finished. I mean, he was cut up on the, on the podium, but um, he needed to, he's, he's in the point series. Yeah. Good so for him. He had like what? 15 laps that he took between his crash and his restart. There was a delay. It took him a while to get back out He was there. a smart kid on that one. Yeah. 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 Played it like a, a like a, a an expert um, veteran. All right. Any things that make you go, hmm? That make you go, hmm. Do you have any uh, any of those from the, the world of cycling? Looks like you have a couple things. On you know, list. we've talked about those. Um, Maybe the gendarme taking down Chris Froome on the on the way down the hill. Yeah, that was actually cool. It was cool that it was all caught on camera or video. Yeah, and, and there was good audio that came Fuck out. Fuck you! <laughs> he did it like he was uh, doing it, was, it in a French accent. Too. What about um, the the grand like the prize money? I don't know if you saw like EF. Yeah. The EF team was the last in the significantly team last, and they took home fourteen thousand dollars for three works, three weeks worth of work. Yikes! And I think the grand total was like two million something. I mean, there's not, there's just no money, right? Guy, it's crazy to me for a three week, month long television spectacle. You you have two million and change for the teams. Yeah, I think Sky everything that they won as well as all their riders did. I think they took home like seven hundred and fifty. Right. <laughs> it just like, seems really? nuts. Wow. That seems nuts to me. Right. But especially when you look at those numbers, and I don't think they're different from the early 2000s. Right. And then, I mean, it's just, we've talked about the economy, economics of cycling. It's just, you, you don't have the pull from the white riders because of this revenue stream. And then ASO, you know, they're not sharing any of this revenue. So, and the riders, if they're going to quit, I think it was, 
and I know you have to go, but um, you know, they, they, they've they've talked before. Lance was actually talking about in the Giro. They didn't want to race when the last time he came back and was racing the Giro. There was a dangerous into Milan. They didn't want to race, so he was tasked to go and tell the the oh, we're not going to do this. You know, da da da. So he go up there. The the director gets on the phone with these three um, continental teams and says, "You guys don't start racing now. You're not ever coming back to this race." Those teams start racing. It's like uh, they break the union, so to speak. Right. The game's on. So there's no leverage of these teams to be able to do this. And you don't get any pull. Though you know, one two percent of the TV revenue would help, right? Something. So, yeah. Yeah. Get you. It's sad. All right. Um, last words. What anything you're mad at, or did you have something that makes you go hmm? That's that's hmm you. It was never no, the idea. I, nothing really that makes me go hmm. It's just yeah. Kurt brought up a good point with um, you know the, the payment and and the money associated with that. You think in this day and age that even like the worst placing team would be able to pull down something better than fifteen thousand when their one rider alone earned I think two hundred thousand dollars in <laughs> pledges to support a, a velodrome. That right. Maybe you should have pledged out. to the team instead. Yeah, no, uh, that's all I got for for things that make you go, hmm. All right. Upcoming, we've got Patterson Pass, done again. That's the Elite District Road Race Championships. Sassoon, thanks for the uh, phonetic spelling there. Uh, Winners, Vacaville. I don't know if they're even going to happen. Um, Tour Utah's coming up. They've been advertising on YouTube a bunch now lately. Have they? Yeah. So you've got six stages there, some some Park City again, Empire Pass, uh, Snowbird. Uh, this should be good. Then we have the Colorado Classic. I was looking at that route. It looks a little two two stages in Vail. They're doing the Vail Pass TT. Then two in Denver. The last one's a little uh, through circuit through town. Eh. Mm-hmm. But women are doing it as well, so that's kind of cool. Vuelta. Then U.S. Crit Series. Littleton Twilight Crit. Benchmark Twilight in West Philly. Gateway Cup in St. Louis. And the series finale, the Resurgence in Atlantic City. Cool. So I got a thing for things that make you go, hmm. So because he doesn't passed. have to go to his meeting. I do. I do. But <laughs> okay, this on. was... I like it. So way to way to finally step up and be a good state employee. So the Tour de France on social media, they had like this Tissot timing competition. Yeah. And for some reason, part of their footage that they were using to promote this was uh, an NCNCA 35 plus race from like 2015. It's like, I, where did that come from? Was it like Land Park or something? Yeah, I think it was Land yeah. Park. Yeah. It was like, but it, it, it was at least I think the P12 race. No, it was not. Oh, it was I the Masters. If the photographer got won some award for that. yeah it's, that's not an award it was probably like a weird crop where the 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 uh transparent what the heck is the the photo just the overlay yeah is taken off maybe but yeah it was just it was odd to see that come across my uh one of my streams it was like wait i know that course why maybe is this? He, maybe he let it be like stock photo and they, they didn't want to spend any money i guess <laughs> that's bad it was yeah. pretty yeah it was pretty good but it was good to see some local guys there you go in the uh in the Tour de France uh, social media stream. For Last sure. thing. So what do you, what do you, you watch the NBC feed. I watched the ad free one with the, the Aussie guys. I thought it was much better. I watched uh, the mm-hmm. uh, Sagan special. Right. That's right. what I watched. We like Sagan, but we didn't even talk much about him. He, he won the green jersey. Uh, what do you, th- where do you get your, your news, cycling news from? What's kind of your source? It depends. Um, Reddit? <laughs> no. So I usually go to like Steep Hill and just use that as kind of a, conglomerate for all the different articles that Links have been and stuff. written up and and data so that that's my go-to what about you kurt i just come here <laughs> okay. you listen to this podcast this is how i learn anything uh, yeah okay and you just wing it as you go for i'm always looking part. for good new good sources so cycling just, tips is always fun i think they're a little less just reporting they actually have some cool stories they have really i go there for the good pictures they have a really you yes, go to the website do. and it's yeah. just big 
photo. Yeah. Uh, inner ring, it's always a good one if when he gets on a subject that's interesting. So yeah. Cool. All right. Anything else? That's it. All right. Well, see you guys. Um, Facebook Between Two Wheels is episode eighty three. Uh, check us out. Uh, Facebook dot com Between Two Wheels. Also our Twitter between is it b2w underscore podcast i think that's what it is for twitter and instagram check us out share the feed if you'd like and as always thanks for joining and thanks for coming in guys thanks. thank you all right bye